the theme of our conference is men of character. And, and, and here, here's the passage we, we kind of based it on. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. And I'm just going to read you that section real quick. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Isn't that a great passage? That, guys, in the days that we're living in, we would understand God's will. And really, we're going we're to be looking at men of the Bible and this, the character that they held on to in the middle of their day of evil. And so uh, we're, we're excited to get started. Uh, I, I'm excited to have the list of speakers we have with us this weekend. Um, we have uh, pa- Pastor Rolf be sharing with us right now. Pastor Rolf, for the last 30 years, he's been my pastor and uh, just always um, got saved at, at Pastor Rolf's church in um, 1997. That's, that's a little while ago, 29 plus years ago, right? And so um, it just, he's just been a, a mentor and an example, and I'm excited to have him share with you guys. Would you join me in welcoming Pastor Raul Reese? Thank you, brother. Testing, there we go. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, to thank you so much for your love and grace and mercy, Lord. And Father, as men, we've come here because we all need you, Lord. Lord, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, in areas of my life, Lord God, that you would speak to me, Lord. Father, as all of us as men sit here, Jesus, Lord, that as we came this morning when we leave here, Lord, that we would leave as men of God, Lord. Father, totally changed, totally different. And so, Lord, we ask you now that you go before us, bless the speakers, Lord, and bless those that have come to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. How many are here for the first time? Raise your hand. All right. Wow. That's awesome, you guys. Nice to see you guys. Awesome. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. I'm going to speak on this guy that I love so much by the name of Enoch. One of the things about Enoch, and let me, let me begin by reading there because I think it's so important to know this person by the name of Enoch. He's not all over the Bible. You know, you'll see a couple of times where he's actually mentioned. But in chapter 5, verse 21, he starts by saying this. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. He said, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not because God took him. Now the thing about Enoch here, he was a man of God. Number one, he was a man that never, never died. Number two, he was a man who loved his God. Number three, he was a man, notice, who was not only a man of his times, but he was also a man who obeyed his God. And then fifthly, he was a man with great passion for God. Everything he did was for God. Everything he did. 
His name means dedicated to God. So we can see his dedication to God already as he comes to know the Lord. Now, one thing that I want to remind us, each one of us individually. We're living in some very critical days, very critical days. Where we as men, fathers, uh, husbands, maybe you're not married, maybe single. You know, are you coming to that place where God is using you in your personal home? Are you the leader of your home? Or is somebody else leading your home? The only way you can lead your home is by giving fully, completely your life to Christ so that he can not only direct your ways, but he can lead you all the way through to love your wife, to love your children, but also to be that man of God wherever you go without any compromising in Christ Jesus. And this is probably the hardest thing for men to do because of all the freedoms that we've had, you know, over the years becoming men and then coming to Christ. How many of you have come to Christ in the last year? Raise your hands. Anybody here? How about in the last uh, six months? I can't believe it. How about two years? There you go. How about three years? How about five years? How about 10 years? 15, 20, 30. Pretty amazing. You know, that's one thing that, I, that today I was sharing at, 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 at Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar that, you know, as you talk to people, you ask them, you know, when is the last time that you told someone about Jesus? You know, we have this commitment to Christ, like Enoch, and Enoch was not only a man of God, but Enoch had a heart, a heart for his God, but also a heart for his family. And when you start examining Enoch's life, you kind of find out that, that Enoch not only was walking with God in communion, secondly, he pleased God by faith, and thirdly, he believed in God by being obedient to the Word of God. I think when you look at the church today, we surely are not only missing communion with God. Many times when we have communion at Calvary Chapel, you know, always try to remind people by partaking the bread and the cup, this is not just taking this piece of bread and drinking this cup. This is entering into communion with the Lord, recognizing that I have examined my life, that before I take communion, I know the consequences of partaking communion and not being right with God. And then the third thing is when I partake of communion, I do it because not only I have denied myself to the Lord, but I want to enter into that communion with Christ. Oh, my throat's right. That with Christ, what he's done and what he expects and what he wants to do within my own life. So he says this in verse 21, Enoch lived for 65 years and begot Methuselah. And then after begun Methuselah, Enoch walked with his God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Walking, fellowshipping with God. Andrew, Moore, Andrew Bonner said, it was Andrew Bonner who suggested that God and Enoch were in the habit of walking and talking daily. And then one day, God said to his companion, you have come so far each day of our long pilgrimage together. Now come all the way home with me. Thus, he was not for God took him. I like that. A friendship with God. I wonder what kind of relationship you have with God today. Do you really know him? Do you really have fellowship with him? You know, most of the time, <coughs> excuse me, most of the time, you know, when you talk to guys, and I don't know why, but guys seem not to be 
leaders. When God has called us to be leaders. Not only leaders at home, but being a, a real man where you know, you know who you stand by, you know who you love, you know who you're actually believing in. And one of the areas about a man being the leader of his home or being a leader, do you spend time with God in prayer in the Word of God? The Word of God. At Calvary Chapel, I'm always amazed when I ask people, how many of you have ever read the Bible all the way through? And we're a teaching Bible church. It's amazing. shocks me. How many of you have read the New Testament? I'm shocked. How many of you have read the Old Testament? I'm shocked. I can't believe how many people have never read the Bible. The full counsel of God. Genesis to Revelation. So if you're not really reading the Old Testament, how are you going to know the fulfillment of prophecy from the Old to the New Testament, especially in character studies? The men of the Old Testament that God used to bring glory and honor to his holy name. And the men that he would use to bring the gospel. Twelve men he chose, one a traitor. But then at the same time, think of why God has chosen you and chosen me, especially in the days that we're living in today. These are not nice days. And I said last night that one of the things that I'm looking at, travel around the country, is that a lot of the churches are dying. And they're dying because people are not just not walking with God. But people are giving up. You know, the church is supposed to go to the world and to do what? To, to minister to the world so that the world cannot come into the church, but they come into the church converted. But the world has now come into the church and is converting the church. The world is in the church so bad. So bad. There's no fear of God. There's no holiness. There's no way that we can dedicate our complete selves to Jesus Christ in any way. And when you think about men, not even here to this morning, you know, some of you guys that are here, you know, what was the purpose of you coming here in your own personal life? Now, did you bring anybody that doesn't know the Lord? Because if you really care for people, you want to make sure that when people come, they're going to hear a message, and the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to convict them. I can remember when God convicted my life and I came to Christ. And the first thing that I wanted to do, the first thing that I did when I got saved, I went and talked to my friends, to all these guys that I grew up with. And I began to share with them how Christ had changed my life because they knew who I was. And when people watch your lives, this is the problem. When you come to Christ, people are watching your life, your family, your friends. But if they don't see a change, a transformation, they'll never come to Christ. They'll call you a hypocrite because you really haven't lived the life of Christ, which is the life of denying yourself, picking up your cross, and dying to yourself. That's what the cross is. And many times when people don't know how to carry the cross, it's because they don't really want to die to themselves. And yet each one of us as men this morning, I would pray that as we partake of the word of God this morning by all the speakers, that when you leave here, it would be a total different mentality. Different mentality. The way you're going to think. The way you're going to act. The way you're going to walk. Enoch walked with God. He was not because God took him. Why? Because he pleased God. Are you pleasing to God in your life? 
Do you really please God in the things that you do, receiving not only his grace, his love, and his mercy that he's given to you? This is something here pretty interesting. Enoch's communion with God. He says, and after he began Methuselah, Methuselah means when he shall die, it shall come. He actually was the last one when the flood came. When he shall die, it shall come. He said, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons, daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now, his life, as we see here, number one, he enjoyed communion with God. He enjoyed communion with his God. You know, it's not some, you know, when you guys get up in the morning, I don't know what you do. But I think to start the day with communion with God is the first thing that you need to do is to give him thanks for what he's done in your life, what he's given to you in your life, for your family. And before you do anything, I said last night, to drop to your knees, you can stand whatever, but you need to communicate with God, with God first. Communion with Jesus Christ immediately. So that when I begin communion with God, it's not just you know, in the morning, but it's throughout the day. And when I go throughout the day, all the trials, temptations that come in my life, I already started with the Word of God and then the armor of God in my life so I can be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. Because he has a lot of schemes that he wants to use in each one of our lives to move us away from Christ. But I, I, I don't know what you do, you know, when you get up in the morning. I don't even know what you do the night before. And you know, this is a real problem. I'm going to be straight up front with you guys. This is a real problem. Some of you guys coming to the church, you still drink. You still take drugs. You still watch porn. All these things that are destroying your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's just the way it is. Nothing will happen in your life. You'll never be able to walk with God like Enoch did until there's true repentance in your life. True repentance. And true repentance is when you admit, you admit that I have sinned against God. You know, many times guys will come and say, you know, they get found out they're in sin. And then they'll say, I repent. That's not repentance. Repentance is when God has spoken to you, you feel that you're doing what's wrong, remember? And then you have this conviction in your heart, and you say, you know what, I need to repent. And maybe you come to me and say, you know what, Ralph, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. And man, I feel bad about it, and I want to repent. That will be true repentance. But to say that you've repented and to live the same lifestyles, I would have to say to you, you're a liar. That you're lying to yourself and you're lying to God. And you're lying to other people. When I got saved, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, I, when I got saved, there was a real conversion in my life. And over the last 40-some years, I don't want to go back into the world. What did the world have to offer me? Nothing. Nothing but death. So when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I truly gave my life to the Lord. Like Enoch, I wanted to walk with God. And I've been trying to walk with God for the last 40-some years. And let me say this to you, it's hard. Really hard. He said, well, you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or not. Sin is sin. And I don't know where you are this morning, but if you have come here and I've spoken or the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, then you better start thinking about it. What are you going to do after the conference? What are you going to do with Christ? Has he really influenced your life? Has he really made an impact in your life? 
Because as Enoch talks about it here, he says it was, you know, we need to first of all receive the regeneration in our lives. We have to be regenerated. He says in the book of John's Gospel, chapter 3, you guys know the story, Nicodemus, he came and asked the Lord, he said, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You will not see the kingdom of God, and you will not enter the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. And he means what he says. And then I wonder how many men, women, whatever, you know, we go to church all of our lives, and at the end of our lives, we find out they really, really didn't make it in the kingdom of God. We're all going to die one day. There's an appointed time for men to die and then the judgment. And if you're here this morning, you really need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest with other people. To recognize that this is God's perfect timing, bring you to this conference so not only you can hear the speakers, but what are you going to do with the gospel that is given to you? Do you have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church? And the reason is because you have been redeemed. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, the grace of God or merited favor that has been given to you, given to me. Should we take advantage of God's grace? Certainly not. God forbid. The grace of God is the most wonderful thing God has given to each one of us individually. We deserve hell, but He's given us heaven. Because of his love and his grace and his mercy that he has for each one of us individually. And then how about he says it was we receive resurrection too. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, Paul, if he says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life now is hidden with Christ in God. Our life is hidden in Christ. Not this world, the world to come. Where is your mind? On the things of this world or the things of heaven? That this is just a temporary place. We're just going to cruise him by. And one day, we don't know when, but there's a day that each one of us individually will take our last breath. Our last breath. And I always say this in my life too. What's going to be the last words before you die? Your last actions before you die. That's why we walk daily with God. Enoch walked with God daily. Walking in fellowship with Jesus Christ. And as I walk every day with Jesus Christ, I trip, I fall, I get myself back up. I dust myself up through repentance. But it doesn't mean that I continue to live a life of sin and say I'm a Christian. You got to really be careful because too much is given, much more will required. And may I remember in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Many on that day will come and say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I did miracles and wonders in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evil servant of iniquity. The problem was what? Sin. Servant of iniquity. So God means what he says. You can't play games with God. 
As a man of God, you have to be a man of God. You have to be righteous, by faith walking in Christ. You have to be holy as he is holy. And being holy is being set apart. Say, Lord, I want to be set apart to be used by you, Lord. Lord, use my life. In Hebrews 11, 5, the second part here, obedience to God, that Enoch had to God. He said, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. Check this out. He pleased God. He pleased God. He was pleasing to God. Are you pleasing to God? He was a man that separated himself from the world. Enoch did not walk in the way of the sinners in the world. But he was a godly man in his own personal testimony. He, he was called to be holy. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, For God did not call us to, uh, to be unclean, but to holiness. And then he commanded denial. 1 John 2, 15, 17, Do not love this world nor the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever and ever and ever. Imagine that. And then thirdly here, he was, convi he was convinced what? To be separated. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 7, 1, this is real important to listen you guys. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with, notice, lawlessness? Or what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Satan? And what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, because of what I just told you, Come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Therefore, again, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Today, we don't have the fear of God. People do whatever they want to do and not really be in the fear of God. The fear of God is not to shake in your boots. The fear of God is to recognize, wow, you know what? God is holy, for I must be holy, separating myself from the world. Knowing and recognizing that I want to be obedient to the Lord. Why? I want Him to use my life. Do you want God to use your life? Then you better come to the cross to the cross of Jesus Christ, because in the cross of Jesus Christ, what do you do? You put yourself to death. You crucify your flesh. And this is why Jesus continues, spoke about the cross. If any man desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Pick up his own cross and follow me. Denial, denial, denial. And I don't know how you're denying yourself. You know, when 
when you think about your own personal lives and my personal lives. You know, what's your private life like where nobody can see you, nobody can hear you? What do you do that is not, that is not right before God? What do you do that is taking you down quickly? And what, is, what are you doing that is taking you in a moment that, that you know, you're moving backwards instead of forwards, and you know that you're actually going down the tubes, but you really don't want to change your life. You don't want to change your life. I would pray that today God will speak to your hands so you'll change your life completely. There's one word, integrity. He says this in chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse 6. Enoch's faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those, check this out, who diligently are seeking after him. Diligently. Are you seeking him diligently? Do you have integrity in your life? Walking with God. He walked in the light of God. 1 John 1, 7 says, <coughs> excuse me, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Secondly, he walked in the truth of God. Walking in the truth of God. 3 John 1, 3 and 4. He says, For I rejoice greatly, my brethren, when I come and testify of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. For I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. That was Chuck's favorite, favorite scripture when he used sign books. This is what he always said. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And there's no greater joy. For us to hear that you're walking in the truth, that you're walking in holiness, that you really want to serve God, that the church can use your life in the church and outside of the church, that you recognize that not only people are watching your life, but you recognize that you can share the gospel with them because they need Jesus more than ever before. That's what the church is about. That's why you guys are here today. Secondly, he says, not only walking in the truth, but walking in the Spirit of God. In Galatians 5.16, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. And then what? You shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. But usually we walk in the flesh. And the Holy Spirit is grieved because of walking in the flesh. But Paul says here, walk in the Spirit of God. Fourthly, walk in the love of God. He says, Ephesians 5.2, And walk in love... As Christ also loved us and gave himself for us in offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Dying to self. Not living for self. And I wonder if you're here today. And what is the thing that you're sitting there thinking about that needs to be changed in your life? What needs to be changed in my life? You know, when I go to conferences or I have to teach on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings or wherever I'm speaking, I always have to examine my life. I tell people all the time, before I can teach the sermon, God has to work in my life so that I have power to preach the sermon. And in the same way for you guys, you know, if you're not reading the Word of God, then what kind of power do you have? What are you sharing with people about yourself? Well, we should never share about ourselves. We should share about Jesus Christ. That He's the one 
that has touched my life. He's the one that continues to touch my life. And he's the one that will continue to touch my life because I'm denying myself before Christ. And I'm saying, Lord, here am I. Use my life. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor. And Lord, I ask you for my children that as they watch my life, then not only do I put them in your hands, Lord, but I want you to use them. I want you to use them for your glory, Lord. And with my wife, Lord, please help me to say I'm sorry. To actually come to her and say, you know what? I'm sorry for what I've done. Listen, I'm an expert on verbal abuse, physical abuse, man. I know a lot about that. And maybe you're here today. You know, last night or this week, you know, you've been abusing your wife. It's a man. And then you're coming to this conference. And you sit here at this conference. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. And as the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, I would hope that as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, when you go home, that you would apologize to your wife. And then anytime you have a problem with your temper, what I do, I take a walk. You don't want to say things that you can't take back. Things that are arrows that are hurting and destroying your wife or destroying other people. And this is part of walking with God, fellowship with God, walking in obedience with God. In 1 Thessalonians 4.1, he says, Paul, Finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ that you should abound more and more and more just as you receive from, from us how you ought to walk, notice, and to please God. Constantly pleasing God, pleasing God, pleasing God. It's all about pleasing God. It's not about pleasing ourselves. And this morning, I want to just ask the Lord for my life, for your life, and asking the Lord in these last days, how can He use my life? How can He use your life? And am I willing to deny myself? Am I willing to die to myself? Am I willing at this conference to have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church? Or if I, if I'm going to leave the same way I came here this morning? I would hope not. I would hope that as Christ not only speaks to your heart, that you would have the gut, so should I say the heart, to say, Lord, not only do I want to give you my life here today, but help me to walk every single day with you. Every single day with him in fellowship with God. So that God not only receives you, but you receive him. And as you pray, he receives your prayers. And as you pray, as you pray, what's going to happen? You're going to see results. And those results come submitting yourself to him, dying to yourself, and saying, Jesus, here am I. Take my life. Take my life. For we only have one life, and it'll soon be passed. And the only thing that is going to count is what you do for Christ, period. Nothing else. Nothing else. That's why today's a very important day. For you and for me and for everybody here speaking, that we will leave here this morning with the peace of God saying, you know what, Lord? I've given my life to you. I'm going to walk with you. And I want you to walk with me. And you know what happened? He will do that. Father, I pray in your powerful name, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would speak to us, Lord. That your Holy Spirit would be the one to convict, Lord. Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be the one this morning, God, to draw us to your heart, Lord. Lord, help us to hear your heartbeat, Lord. Father, that as we hear your heartbeat, Lord Jesus,
that our heart would also change. As we submit, as we give ourselves to you, God. And Lord, I pray for family, for their families, Lord God, each one of us. Lord, that you be with our wives, our children, our grandchildren, Lord God. Lord, that you be with this church and with every church, Lord God. That you anoint the pastors, Lord God. That you bring them to a place of submission, Lord God. And Lord, that as we submit ourselves to you, Lord Jesus, that you will work in my life and through my life, God. As I give you all the glory and all the honor, Jesus. Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you and not on people, Lord. Lord, there's so many people that keep their eyes on us. And Father, they, they get disappointed, Lord. But Lord, if we keep our eyes on you, Lord God, we'll never be disappointed. So Lord, help us. Help these young people, Lord God. Even those young men that are here this morning, God, speak to their hearts. Change their lives, Lord God. Use their lives to bring glory and honor to your powerful, holy name, Jesus. And Lord, I ask you one more thing, Lord God, that you baptize us with your Holy Spirit and power, Jesus. Lord, baptize us, Lord. Lord, that as you baptize us, Lord God, we be able not only to see you, Lord, but to have the power, Lord God, to overcome sin and to come to that place where not only in my submission to you, Lord God, but that through my submission, others will see how much we love you, Lord, and how much we want to walk with you, Lord God, that as you walk with us, Lord Jesus, our whole lives will be totally different. So, Lord, we thank you now and praise you. In Jesus' most powerful name, I pray, Lord. Amen. Awesome, you guys. Take this. He, he'll.